and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. Be all you can be. Anybody remember that? You kids don't remember that, but that was the U.S. Army slogan from 1980 to 2001. Be all you can be. There's a lot with that statement. You know, they used it as a recruitment ad campaign of come join the U.S. Army and be all you can be. Tap into all your potential. Be your best, and we'll help to get you there if you join the U.S. Army. Um, And as a recruitment thing, they were calling out. They were calling out to men and women who who had something in them, a desire to serve their country and to fulfill, to reach that potential to do things that they wouldn't be able to do otherwise without that help. And so they wanted to join the U.S. Army so that they could be all they could be. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. God had that same slogan just a little bit differently a long time before the U.S. Army was ever thought of. Be all you can be. In Ephesians chapter 4, we'll start in verse 1. Paul is saying, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Now I'm sure the army would have used it, but it wouldn't fit on a poster, so they went with, be all you can be. There's a lot, there's a lot crammed into that verse. Paul is saying that he's a prisoner of the Lord. And that kind of has a double meaning here because he wrote Ephesians while he was in jail. He was, he was locked up. So he was literally a prisoner. But he's saying he's a prisoner of the Lord. And what he means by that is he is so completely sold out. He is so committed to God's word that he considers himself a prisoner for the Lord and in the Lord, is what he means by that. And being a prisoner of the Lord, it's kind of a funny thing because prisoner of the Lord, but in doing that, he's actually freer by doing that. Funny thing to think about. So I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I lovingly request of you, I implore you, that you would walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, that you would walk in balance of where you have been called, that you would walk with your lifestyle and your calling counterbalanced, that God has called you. God has put the poster up and said, be all you can be. God has said that he needs you. So Paul says, therefore, I, a sold out prisoner in the Lord and for the Lord, lovingly exhort you to walk and live in such a manner that your lifestyle and your calling are counterbalanced as a standard required of all called saints, 
all who are called. Verse 2. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, with all lowliness and meekness. That lowliness means lowliness of mind. And that meekness, you know, people, when you think of that, you think of something very timid, or, you know, I think of meek as a mouse, you know, just somebody who's just quietly in the corner. But that's not what it means here. You know, because if we're called to be sons of God and righteous and, and bold, then it couldn't be that we're timid and quiet. But with loneliness of mind and meekness means that you're not on a big ego trip and you're not on prideful, that you know that you can't do this without God, that it's God who's supplying and working in you and through you and with you. With long suffering, long suffering is that patience, that patience. That long-suffering sometimes when you're being patient with somebody. Mm -hmm. That it might not always be easy to be patient with somebody, but he's lovingly asking us that we would walk worthy. That we would walk worthy. That we would be in balance. Forbearing one another in love. That means holding one another up in love. Mm -hmm. That we are called out. Like I said in verse 1, you are called. You are called out. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. Church isn't a building. Church is people. We are the called out. Forbearing one another in love is building each other up. Edify each other. We had uh, a great fellowship on Thursday talking about words. And, you know, we should not be focusing on the 99 things that somebody's doing wrong. We focus on the one thing they're doing right, and we build them up. We build them up. Forbearing one another in love. Verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring, diligently safeguarding the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We are called to one body. We are called to the church. That unity, that being together. I love when... Um, you bring somebody new to fellowship and they go talk to one person about something and then they go talk to another person and then they go talk to another person and then they go talk to another person and then they come back and say, you all just said the same thing. <laughs> yeah, because we're unified. We're strong. We know how to back up what we're saying with the word. Endeavoring to keep that unity in the spirit and the bond of peace. Bond of peace. For there is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. You're called in one hope of your calling. There's one body, the body of Christ, that's us. One spirit, that Holy Spirit, that gift that we got when we were born again. Even as you're called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Jerry and I were just talking about that verse before fellowship. And sometimes it's different down south because it's Father of y'all who is above y'all and through y'all and in y'all. But it's still the same God and Father. And He's still above us and through us and in us. He's always around us. He's working in us to will and to do of His good pleasure. He's always there for us. How many times do we hear in manifestations? Come to me. I want to do everything for you. Just keep looking to me. I am here to help you. I am here to comfort you. 
It's God who is our sufficiency. It's God who is our strength. It's God who we have patience so we can have joy and peace. So we can have that lowliness of mind and that meekness and that patience with God. You ever try to do stuff on your own without God? Forget it. You either fall short or it's terrible or you don't lose patience with yourself. Verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. When we're born again, God's Spirit, we're His kids. We're going to heaven no matter what. And you're given that grace, that unmerited favor. Something that you could have never earned. You could never work your way or earn your way into heaven. There's nobody that could have been that good except for one man, Jesus Christ. And because of Him and what He accomplished, we have grace. We have that grace according to the measure of that gift of Christ. Verse 8, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. He gave gifts to the church. We could skip past verse 9. It's a parenthesis, so you can actually read straight through verse, or, uh, verses 9 and 10. You can skip over verse 8 to verse 11, and you still stay in the same line of thought. That parenthesis is just something that's added into what you're, what you're reading. So you can go from verse 8, Wherefore he saith, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and gave gifts unto men. And he gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and pa some pastors, and teachers. Now these are the gift ministries. These are people that God has placed in the body as we'll see in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's gift ministries. Could have one, could have two, could have all five, could have none. But these people are placed in the body for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for edifying, for building up that body of Christ. Because we all need work. We all need help. You know, there's a whole teaching packed into just that if you just focus on the gift ministries. And I won't get into what each of them are and, and everything that's involved with them. But God knows that, number one, we can't do things on our own. We need His help. But we're supposed to be building each other up too. That we're working together, unified, as one body. Where Christ is the head. And so, there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers people who are especially adept at aspects of their lives where they can really help move the word or help people or bring people back or speak the word out. There's all different things. And it's for that perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Until verse 13, until we all come in the unity. There's that word unity again. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Grace, are you perfect yet? No. <laughs> are you sure? Seem pretty perfect. 
That'll, that'll give me cookies. Um, we're not perfect. One man was perfect, and that was Jesus Christ. So we all need help. Sometimes we need to be redirected back on, back on track. Sometimes we need to be reproved. Everybody loves being reproved. It's my favorite thing. No. You don't love it, but you need it. And it's something that's, that's godly and good. When, when you're off on something, for somebody to correct you and bring you back on. Or to just say something great or do something for you that builds you up. That gets your mind out of whatever that cloud is that you got going on that day and puts you back in, on track and back focused again with, with your eyes steadfast upon God and His Word in your head and on your, on your words. But we're not perfect yet. So until that day, until Christ comes back, and that day we will be perfect. But until that day, we need help. We need apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But we've been called to this body. We've been called to be a part of this awesome family, this church, this body of Christ, where we can just build each other up. And we can just keep perfecting. You know, it's a funny thing because we're not perfect. And you know what? It's unattainable. It's unattainable for us to be perfect in this life. But yet, that's what we're striving for. We are striving to be Christ-like. He was perfect. So each and every day, we're trying to do our best to walk as He walked, to talk as He talked, to think as He thought. Because He said... Works I do, you can do also. Yea, greater works than this. We could do greater works than what Jesus Christ did because He went unto the Father. That's available. That's available to do. Doesn't that blow your mind? He's raising people from the dead. I can barely wake up on time. <laughs> but we can do it. We can do it. And with building each other up and with working and with staying in that unity and that purpose, we can get pretty close. Till we all come into unity on a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we henceforth, that no longer we will be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. When you are, and we'll get to renewing the mind at the end of this chapter, but as you're renewing your mind to what God's Word says, as you're building yourself spiritually, as you're working the Word, you're solidifying yourself. You'll have your feet in concrete. You'll have those roots down of what you know and you know that you know that you know that God's Word is the truth. And you know what it says and you know how to read it and how to understand it. So there were no more just thrown about on the seas. Think of, uh, boy, I've, I've had a couple boating incidents. But uh, you know, one time me and, and, and Brian Bliss went out in a rowboat basically on Cuga Lake out of nowhere here comes a storm and we're blown five six miles down the lake and we're tossed all over the place and ended up flipping the boat over and we had to drag it back and walk the whole sea and that's being tossed about we <clears throat> didn't have any say over where that wind was taking us 
We just had to go along for the ride. And that's how people are. They hear one wind of doctrine that the Ten Commandments are the way you get into heaven. And so they follow whoever that guy is saying that. And then they hear that cleanliness is unto godliness. And so they follow that. And then what else is in that song? God's in a bumblebee. God's in a bear. And then they go follow that guy. But they're not rooted and grounded. They're just blown about. Blown about with every wind of doctrine because they're not solidified. They're not down. God's saying He doesn't want us to be children. To be children. Every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. I wanted to read the literal on that because it's, it's kind of funny. Not funny, but it's funny because there's, there are those people out there who will, on purpose, deceitfully use the Word of God and quote it inaccurately to get things that they want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the literal expanded on this. says, And not remain unlearned infants who are shaken and tossed around mentally like a ship at sea, whirled around by every different teaching of doctrines of men who systematically plot and are crafty and tricky, which is their method that they may deceive you. I think the literal calls them deceitful like dice playing men. <laughs> you don't want to throw those dice. I'm not going to throw the dice with life. I'm going to stick with God's word and I'm going to, I'm going to get rooted and grounded so that I'm not tossed about with every wind of doctrine of what sounds good to my ear that day. Verse 15. But instead of being tossed around, speaking the truth, the truth is God's word, accurate. Speaking that truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Verse 14 and 15, in verse 14, he's saying, don't, more, don't anymore be children. Don't be children. But in verse 15, that you may grow up. We shouldn't be on milk for our entire lives. At some point, you got to learn how to put pants on, right? Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. <laughs> At some point, you grow up, you mature, you grow. You grow in God's Word. Those roots get deeper. Your feet get sunk into that concrete, and you just know that you know that you know that you're never moving. You are never budging on God's Word. You just speak that truth in love, which is the head, even Christ. We are in this body this body of Christ, and Jesus Christ is the head of that church, of that body. Not some guy in a pointy hat in Rome, not the leader of so-and-so denomination, not me, not Pat. Jesus Christ is the head. Mm. He is the head. Mm -hmm. From whom? From Jesus Christ. The whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Like I said uh, a few minutes ago that in this body, in this church, we can build each other up. The church builds itself up. We are always working. We are always bringing together in love, speaking the truth 
in love. You know, that love of God, that renewed mind and manifestation where you're just thinking the Word, walking the Word, and talking the Word, and doing the Word. And you're just doing things the, the way that God says to do them. And this whole body fits together. Every joint supplies according to the effectual working. You know, we are one body but many members. Everybody's got a part. Everybody is super adept at one thing or another thing, and we all just work together. You know, if Dylan's really great at speaking the word to people, but I'm just really great at telling funny stories then maybe that person just needs to have a little breath and they come talk to me and then they come back and Dylan just starts... <laughs> he takes his Bible and he just starts beating people up. Now. But that's we work together. We work together. Grace is super great at some things. Amanda's really great at some things. Pat's super great at some things. And when we're all working together and doing our part, this body is unstoppable. I think... may not be the... But in my mind, I think of the Power Rangers... And to every episode, the five Power Rangers would all morph together into this big robot and everybody worked together. And that's how I think of the body. That's the mind picture I get is everybody's got this one part, but when you put it together, oh, this thing is strong. It's strong and it's loving. And it's got God in the middle there energizing everything. Mm -hmm. Unstoppable. They won every episode, you know that? <laughs> Oh, Lord. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Remember, the vanity is that emptiness. Mm -hmm. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, that's their desires or lusts, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. So we've learned differently. We have learned better. We know what we have and who we are. If so be, verse 21, that ye have heard Him and have been taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. They put off the old way that you were living, your old habit patterns, your old lifestyle. That's the word conversation there, the way you were living. You're going to put that stuff away. The old man. It's corrupt. It's corrupt. My last truck. That's what I think of with the old man. It was corrupted. It was rusting. It was falling apart. It was corroding. It was wasting away. That old man is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So you put off concerning that old way, verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. There's a whole lot to that. Um, I'll read the literal for it. And you will be renewed in your life, that is to say your mind, and you will become a new person in your life because of your renewed mind. That renewed mind, so you're going to start 
watching Fox News every morning and you're just going to be thinking about and spitting out what that says. No. That'd be renewing your mind, but renewing it to what? Mm-hmm. Renew your mind to what God's Word says. Renew your mind to who <coughs> God says you are. Mm-hmm. Renew your mind to the way God says life should be. You are ne- I think I've said it in just about every teaching I've ever done. You are never worse off listening to God. You are never worse off. So if he says to renew, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, then be renewed in the spirit of your mind. But you have to do it. God doesn't do it for you. Verse 24, And that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So we are going to get born again, and we're going to read the word, and we're going to say, hey, all these things that I've been doing my whole life are not the best. I thought they were great, but maybe I should change a little bit. Do some things differently. Act differently. Put off that old way that you were living. Things that are tying you down. Things that are having you step on the hose, so to speak. But God's trying to bless you. God's trying to do a hundred things for you. But if the way you're living and the things that you're doing are saying that you've got your foot on the hose, you're just starving yourself. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind and then put off that old man. Let's put on this nice, shiny new man. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying. That's it. No? God's so cool that he doesn't just say, put away lying. He says, instead, do this. Wherefore, putting away lying... Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Speak the truth with one another. We're in this body. We're unified. We're building each other up in love. We want to see each and every one of us be all that they can be. We want to see each other grow. So put away lying and speak truth. Verse 26. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. You can be angry and sin not. Mm -hmm. Jesus was angry a few times and he didn't sin. Neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. You know, sometimes all he needs is that little toehold. All he needs is that little toehold. You know, I remember back in high school when I was wrestling, we were taught to go for the ankle. All I needed was your ankle and I can turn you wherever I want to take you. That's all he needs. So don't give him any place. Don't give him the opportunity. Don't give him the chance. Verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands that thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of what? Of edifying, of building up. I think we said uh, last week, you know, it used to be if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But God doesn't end it with let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. He says, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. 
Grieve not the Holy Spirit. You have been giving this awesome life that we couldn't have ever earned or deserved. We have power. We have the right to use it. We have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. We can win people back to God. We can be an ambassador. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. You could choose to. You have free will. You could sit on the toolbox, right? Hmm. Or you could build the house. And we could build each other up. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. You know, it's... Jesus said, you have to forgive your neighbor Seven times, or seven times seven, seven times seventy, seven thousand times a hundred, whatever. You just forgive them. It's not easy. It takes renewing the mind. But it's easy once you sit and think about what God's forgiven you for. You know? There is no way that we could have earned this. But there's no other family that I'd rather be a part of. There is nothing like the family of God. There is nothing like this body of Christ this church where we truly are kind to one another, tender-hearted. The world's hard. The world's got a concrete heart with barbed wire wrapped around it, and I don't want anything to do with it. I want to be around tender-hearted people who forgive one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. So you've been given this life, and God just says, I beseech you. I ask you to just walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called and be all you can be. God bless. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.